and where you've been locked in to particularly targeting your ideal buyers for a particular product. This really unlocks opportunities. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this e-commerce marketing focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, well, each month we focus on a different marketing method like email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month, we are all about helping you prep for peak uncovering three areas you think, or I think you should be considering and adding in to your peak season plans. We've talked about analytic strategy, which I'll be honest is partly an episode to get you all just chilling out a bit about GA4. Uh, We've talked about promos and saving your margin and creating better promotions for your audience and a fair bit of AI as well in our episode, our most, most recent episode with Rosie Bailey from Nibble. And in this episode, we are talking about generative AI, creating content with AI. What does it take to create great content, to create, dare we say it, safe content, which is compliant, which is on brand, which sounds like you as a brand have created it. What does it take? And trust me, it's a lot easier and safer than you think it is. And our guest is a true master in doing this. And he shares some amazing insight, both about kind of the big picture of where AI is going, but also some really practical advice in terms of how you can make it work for you. And his insider tips are brilliant too. So do make sure you listen right to the episode, end of the episode even. So you get that and you get my take on it all, plus some of my uh, extra ways we can help you through Peak even more. So stay tuned to the end, everybody. The most important customer communities are not where you think they are. They're not social media groups. They're not referral codes. They're not loyalty programs. They are the real world locations where your brand communities hang out. And these are the communities that have the biggest influence on buying behavior. Want to access that? You need Herdify. Herdify is the world's first community detection platform, which you can use to find out where real life recommendations are happening. Plug in your sales data, get immediate community insights and start planning your marketing campaigns in a whole new way. Just like Cotswold Outdoor, Ella's Kitchen, Snow and Rock, Perry's and Abel and Cole have done. Visit keepopt.com forward slash Herdify to learn more. That's K-W-E-P-O-P-T dot com slash H-E-R-D-I-F-Y. Keepopt.com forward slash Herdify. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then why not explore the latest technology on offer at e-commerce tech? We are going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in the tech space. To find out that and much more, head to keepopt.com forward slash tech. That's K-E-P-O-P-T dot com forward slash T-E-C-H. Keepopt.com forward slash tech to find all the best tools for your e-commerce store. 
In this episode, I'm chatting with AI expert John Ricketts. John is a serial SaaS founder with a focus in the field of artificial intelligence and business innovation, which led him to co-found Writerly, a generative AI SaaS platform that you can use across your business to create content that's on brand every single time. And Writerly is the home of the brilliant e-commerce content AI system, Ecom spelt E-K-O-M. Hello, John. Hi, Chloe. Thank you for having me. Uh, Great to have you here. How did you end up in the world of AI and content? I think that question uh, could be asked to to a lot of people around the world over the last 12 months that are suddenly uh, thrust into AI and and content. But, you know, our journey at Riderly really began in early 2022. So 18 to 20 months ago, this was long before ChatGPT was was mentioned, and it became very evident very quickly that the opportunity within generative AI, in terms of use cases, in terms of applicability across content creation, automation, was really remarkable. And it's not difficult for anyone to see who's been exposed to generative AI, which Really, when we say generative, it's it's generating content from inputs that are provided by the user. But it's not difficult to see just what can be done with this piece of technology. It's been really, really fun and rewarding to see, specifically over the last 18 months of our journey at Riderly, how far the prompt engineering has come in that time in terms of being able to create really high fidelity pieces of content. And I think the most remarkable part of the entire journey to this point is is seeing how much the human or the person within the AI and human alignment is so important because otherwise we're at the mercy of the machines. And at Riderly, we've, we've long held the belief that it's people that are going to use this as a tool and and not the other way around. And so that brings us relatively current from our journey perspective. I love the fact you mentioned the importance of humans and the importance of prompts, because it reminded me of something someone put on one of my LinkedIn posts uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was posting about AI and they put garbage in, garbage out. And the way of not putting garbage in is to get your prompts right. And that involves the human. So it really is a skill to get AI to deliver, especially when we're talking about marketing content, SEO content, on-brand content. It's a real skill to get that out of an AI machine, isn't it? It really is. And the user really becomes a teacher because in one sense, your foundation models that warehouse all of the, the data that can be drawn from, you know, these are large language models. They're designed to be to be very large. The user then becomes the teacher. And from that perspective, your your AI is the student. And you're saying, look, this is what my expectation is. This is what I'm trying to pull out of you. Like a teacher would, teachers have to keep prompting students, right? To get them down the path to answer correctly. There's a level of patience. There's certainly a level of intuitiveness in terms of how comfortable people become prompting, but it's a skill. And it's a skill that has to be developed. And I'm excited to see where prompting goes from here, because you have to remember that we're just getting started. 
down the generative AI journey. I mean, we're, we're just at the starting line. So fast forward 10 or 15 years, and, and it's, going to be, it's going to be wildly different from today. Yeah, it is kind of mad, even in the last 12 months, how far it's come on from kind of like people almost selling PDFs of great prompts, which seemed to be happening about six, 12, 12 months ago. And then we come through to now where there's tools like yours, which kind of turn the prompting process into programming. So we reliably do it every time. Because I'm, I'm sure many of the listeners and, and many people in, in our industry are going, oh man, that amazing blog post I created. What was the prompt I used to create that? You know, it's like that that ultimate frustration. Oh, I, I did this really well and now I can't remember. And I think that's that's one of the most interesting things for me at the moment in the AI space, in the generative AI space, is how the skills and the tech are now making the prompting process more refined, I suppose. And you're obviously at the forefront of that. Do you think we're only scratching the surface of that at the moment? Is there a long way still to go? Can you see an exciting future? I, I see a very exciting future. I, I think that 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 is shared amongst uh, a lot of, of, of founders in the space and a lot of people, uh, even at large companies that are looking at, at different AI options and evaluating if it makes sense for them. We are, we are, again, we're just, we're just scratching the surface to use your words. And it's, you know, like any skill, we're going to have a very early adopter curve that becomes very, very proficient. I think that's been evidenced by uh, the talent market for really, really skilled prompt engineers are, are you know, commanding tremendous market value right now. And then over time, all of us personally will curate and cultivate some level of prompt engineering skill because we're going to have to. I think generative AI will be embedded in, in most tools in some form or fashion. But we all have to remember, too, that we, we have other things that we're focusing on every day, particularly those that are in business leadership, that are leading teams, that are worried about P&L, that are worried about budgets. And now you're coming in with a technology saying, oh, by the way, you're going to have to become proficient in a new skill set <laughs> in prompting. So you've got a lot happening right now. And I can speak only for my company, but I know that there are some others out there. We're trying to solve for how does the rest of the world, how do the rest of the professionals use generative AI meaningfully without having to obtain a master's level certification in prompt engineering? What kind of tools can the AI itself perhaps give us that allows this, the, the software or the platform to upskill the user regardless of their, their prompt engineering background? Those are, those are really exciting things for us. And, and really just one of the very few barriers for generative AI right now is those that just don't feel like they can, they can derive the same quality of content as others. I mean, I, I, I'm on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and see the outputs that are created all day, every day. And some of these are really, really good. And when you actually evaluate and look at the prompts, it, it was a process. It's a recipe. And, and the first few times were, were, were not as good. And through iteration, it arrived at a point where it's powerful. Yeah. And like any recipe, it has to be optimized, which I guess is where the, the 
the super skilled people come in and where the where the tech can now start to help us. But this is part of our prepping for peak series this episode. And the listeners may be going, what? No, they've, t- they've not talked about peak yet. I've spoken to a lot of brands who were very, very nervous about using AI because of content quality, because of branding, because of plagiarism worries, because of, you know, saying something they shouldn't and all these sorts of things. It It strikes me that you know, with the tech out there that can help us do AI better, generative AI better, now is a time to be starting to do it, to give us more time and to make us more efficient as we go through the peak season. I'm assuming you'd agree with me on that one. So A, do you agree with me? And B, for anyone who's been nervous about starting their AI content journey, how would you advise them to start? Both great questions. To your first question, yes, I agree. We are seeing just in our work with some of the brands that that we do a a tremendous head start in terms of optimization, in terms of automation, in terms of of productivity, the baseline things that should be measurable if you're going to bring in a new piece to your tech stack. But beyond that, we're seeing sort of secondary and tertiary effects in terms of optimizing customer acquisition channels as a result of the primary effect, increasing organic search engine rankings where previously it was very laborious and and time consuming to improve in those rankings. We're seeing a lot of areas of opportunity that brands are taking advantage of to fast track themselves towards maybe a first page of, of, of Google, towards maybe optimizing their PDP architecture that's more in line with natural language and behavior changes of people that are performing the searches. There's considerable body of evidence that is showing right now that the brands that, that have embraced it meaningfully are accelerating. Uh, it, that's, that's undeniable. And for good reason, some of them are, are just not broadcasting that they're using it either because they, they want to keep it to themselves as much as they can. <laughs> but it's not hard to see where, you know, we're now starting to get, you know, in, in, into quarterly earnings statements, at least with the publicly traded companies. And you start to see earnings statements and going, wow, you know, where's the digital sales growth really coming from? And it's it starts to, there, there's signals there that show that. The best way to get started is to begin having conversations with companies who have interesting products that you feel might be a fit for accelerating X, Y, or Z goal. Again, having those conversations, what we've found at Writerly, as well as a lot of our peer companies in this space, is that the amount of technical knowledge from the top down in these organizations is very deep. And they tend to be very, very helpful. We've had a lot of conversations with brands and companies that ultimately did not become customers of ours, not because of anything that we did or, or anything like that. They weren't quite ready to make that leap yet, but we spent a considerable amount of time on, on sort of market awareness and education around when that time comes, these are some things that we've learned that you should be able to, to, to be aware of. And frankly, there is a lot of opportunity for some companies who have robust uh, infrastructure internally to achieve some of this in-house if they wanted to. 
we've worked with a few IT teams internally that had questions they were getting stuck. And this isn't to say that we are any better at this than anyone else, but I personally know founders from other generative AI companies that have fielded the exact same questions and have been very generous with their time because we're all learning. Yes, we have a product, we sell our product and we help our customers, but we are learning as well as we go through this. So I, I guess the, the key tip out of there is if you're going to get started, don't just open up ChatGPT and start asking it to create stuff for you. It's build a system and a process around that so you're getting the outputs you want, whether that's buying in a tool or getting your own tech team to help you construct a tool. Yeah, I think it all starts and stops with the quality. It's very easy to ascertain if the quality of the output that you're getting meets your brand standards and satisfies the requirements. If it's not, there's a problem with the prompt engineering on the front end. The good news is, is that, that can be fixed. The even better news is that there are some really phenomenal companies across the world that have built tools to be able to automate a lot of that for you, have done the prompt engineering, have baked all of that in so that you don't have to learn it. You can just simply use it. I mean, it is from the the most basic side of the, you know, the tool we use to produce some of our podcast content. I can put in the fact that I want e-commerce spelt with a little e and a big C. I mean, that's as basic as it gets, isn't it? But you go a lot further than that with what you're doing with e-com and with Writerly. How far can we take, you know, a brand persona to help us create the right content these days? Well, we've, we've covered a lot of ground over the last 18 months in this marketplace within e-commerce uh, specifically. You know, we're to a point right now where cohort targeting, cohort marketing is possible. And we're really marching to a point through whether they're called smart brand personas or, or individualized brand personas. You, you can architect internally through the use of tools how you want these already compliant models that are engaging and speaking and creating on behalf of the brand within the guardrails of, of their brand guidelines, and then creating micro-targeting strategies that are already complying with the original model to begin with. And the sky is the limit from a, a reach, from an engagement perspective. It's infinitely scalable. That's one of the really attractive things about generative AI is, is that scale is achievable. And where you've been locked in to particularly targeting your ideal buyers for a particular product, this really unlocks opportunities to cross-sell to other products or other departments or divisions within your company without any additional labor and without any additional concerns over what content is being created. At this point, you're only dictating who the audience is. That's the only thing that you're changing. All of the prompting and programming has been completed and you're just redirecting the laser at the, the particular group that the content will be aimed at. So that's where we've come in the last 12 months. We'll, we'll go even further over the next 12. That's amazing. So we can have a set of prompts, a set of things set up that is on brand. And then over the top of that, we can layer new customers who live in the UK versus new customers who live in the US versus repeat customers who live in Africa. And that's amazing. So think about this. All of that information largely resides in inside of data sets already. And the only thing, the missing link is the content that gets 
hyper-targeted and is hyper-specific for the need of that buyer group. That's been the missing link to this point. That's the hole that generative AI fills, is that we can pair it with the data sets of the end user or the consumer and get extremely granular in the messaging. So you're exactly right. You have an overarching layer of branded content and these guardrails that are set that, that what is produced will not go outside of these guardrails. So from there, you have a comfort. Then you take a step further down and you start addressing the quality because the quality is subjective as you move from buyer to buyer because their demographic and their needs change. Well, that's no longer a constraint. That becomes a feature. Now you've got immeasurable amount of potential buyers and demographics you can create on the basis of need almost down to the individual level at this point. And, and what I really see is, is the brands will begin having, and when we have some customers that have, that have already begun doing this, is, is having a language model farm where they have a hundred smart brand personas that are all aligned either with particular products, with particular brands. And then within that, they can engage any sort of customer demographic through their data that they would like to. It's, it's quite remarkable what even our customers have also figured out how to unlock through this process. It's almost like we're getting to that final marketer target in the sky, which is <laughs> right customer, right time, right message. Yeah, Phenomenal. So um, John, one slightly more practical question. Once we've got this set up, are we using this for email content? Are we using this for blogs? Are we using it for customer service? What sort of content are we getting out of this? There really is no limitation. All of the things that you've mentioned, blogs, social media posting, email sequencing, customer service messaging, it's all in play and it's all available today. There is obviously a little bit of, of setup in terms of, hey, what are the desired outcomes of each of these, but we're not talking about months. We're talking about days to weeks. And so to be able to onboard and have access to, to things like this is not as daunting as, as it may seem, even though the, the technology behind it is pretty deep. The application layer players like Riderly, our job is to make that process of attainability very easy and, and help our customers get there faster. It's a really exciting time to be engaged because we're, we're learning more use cases. But from a template and an application standpoint, intra-organizationally, we see it being applied from human resources all the way to uh, sales development representatives, all the way to executives uh, using it for routine communications uh, on performance to different audiences. So it's whatever you want, there is generally an application or a use case within reach. Well, John, you've got me thinking, and I suspect many of our audience thinking as well. So it's been great picking your brains even about all of this. Listeners, remember to stay tuned right to the end so you don't miss out on John's insider tips on all that we've been talking about and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. The most important customer communities are not where you think they are. They're not social media groups. They're not referral codes. They're not loyalty programs. They are the real world locations where your brand communities hang out. And these are the communities that have the biggest influence on buying behavior. 
Want to access that? You need Herdify. Herdify is the world's first community detection platform, which you can use to find out where real-life recommendations are happening. Plug in your sales data, get immediate community insights, and start planning your marketing campaigns in a whole new way. Just like Cotswold Outdoor, Ella's Kitchen, Snow and Rock, Perry's, and Abel and Cole have done. Visit keepopt.com forward slash Herdify to learn more. That's K-W-E-P-O-P-T dot com slash H-E-R-D-I-F-Y. Keepopt.com forward slash Herdify. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then why not explore the latest technology on offer at e-commerce tech? We are going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in the tech space. To find out that and much more, head to keepopt.com forward slash tech. That's K-W-E-P-O-P-T dot com forward slash T-E-C-H. Keepopt.com forward slash tech to find all the best tools for your e-commerce store. Okay, John, so far we've gone really deep into the now and the future of creating content with AI. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of the world of e-commerce and content and AI. So for the following questions, your answer can be about anything relevant to our audience, which of course does include everything we've already been talking about. So John, are you ready for the insider tips? I think so. Excellent. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? It starts with continuous learning. The, the resources that are available from Discord channels to Twitter to Reddit, so many digital resources about taking the first steps. Dive in, uh, evaluate, educate yourself, and create questions. But I think the most important part of this answer is, is the don't be afraid to ask questions. We're at a point in generative AI where no question is silly. We're so new at this. So don't be afraid to ask any question of anyone at any time because we're all sort of traversing this somewhat together. And I think from an educational perspective, you, you learn when you are curious and you ask those questions and challenge as well because someone, you know, I would be very leery of, of any sort of an expert in an emerging field, right? Um, where there's not a, a lot of body of work. It's out there. The information is out there. The networks are out there. The groups are out there. And I would say that for anyone that's curious about this, just immerse and learn and get a feel for what's legitimate and, and you'll quickly determine what's also not legitimate. But it, it, it starts and stops with questions. Excellent advice. To be fair, on everything, not just on uh, AI and generative content. Uh, now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? My favorite way to keep optimizing is to treat performance improvement as a feature and not a bug. A lot of people view it as less significant than the game or the match, perhaps. But it's, it's quite the opposite. And so performance improvement for us is something that is exciting. We are in a position to be naturally curious as an organization. We have some very talented people that help, that help drive that spirit. But our team operates the best when we are, are doubling down and tripling down 
our efforts and investments within our areas of strength. Okay. And we want to optimize in the areas where we can be a category leader. That's our goal. That's where we can have the greatest impact for our customers. On the other side, we want to avoid areas where we're going to struggle in the market to deliver just an okay product. There are plenty of companies that deliver okay products, but the one thing that we are are seeking and challenge ourselves through performance improvement is let's find the one, two, three, four. I mean, the more the better, right? But let's find those areas where we are, where we're the best. And that's where we are going to deliver the most value for our users. I love that way of thinking about it. I think we, we, we all have the, or certainly I know I've had in the past the tendency to get focused on trying to fix the problems rather than chase the great goals. So I love, I love that way of thinking about it. If someone listening wants to learn more, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? From a, a cheap or a free resource standpoint, the podcasting, obviously your platform is incredibly important from a, an information perspective of distributing new insights uh, amongst your listeners within marketing, within e-commerce. And I myself am an avid consumer of, of podcast content. And regardless of the guest, I, I tend to search uh, topically and categorically. And there's so much learning. There's so much being said right now. And so much, um, let's look 6, 12, 18 months down the road, what's going to happen. That it's a really, it's, it's fun. It's fun to sort of let the imagination run wild on the basis of what we have to work with today. The things that may seem impossible, you know, quite frankly, they're not. We're getting there much, much faster than we ever anticipated. But that's my go-to source. I get a little fatigued online, and so I try to get outside <laughs> as much as I can. And there's no easier way to consume uh, really inexpensive content than just listening to podcasts from from people on platforms like yours. There is something just brilliant about kind of almost half listening to a podcast and letting your brain wander as you're having a walk. Yeah. It's um, something about that audio format gets the brain working in a different way to the to the video and the written. So yeah, I, I clearly approve of that recommendation. <laughs> Finally, John, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? I think in the next six to 12 months, the listeners that you have today that are on the fence or are curious or are hesitant about bringing AI into their organization or becoming a user themselves, I think we're going to look back a year from now and, and realize just how silly that was in terms of, gosh, why didn't I, you know, why didn't I do that? But that's not the fault of the person. I want to be very clear about that. The rate of iteration and development for tools that are going to protect and promote compliance and safety first and foremost, and enhance the quality of outputs are going to get us there much faster than we realize. And there's a lot of tools today that do an incredible job. And I think that generative AI gets somewhat of a black eye in terms of a quality standpoint, because really it's, it goes back to garbage in, garbage out. You know, the inputs just aren't quite there from the person using it. And therefore, the generative AI catches the blame. But if you, if you took that prompt and you, and you walked it out and there was some iteration and some optimization that occurred, I think people would be very, very, very surprised at what can be achievable um, very quickly with the use. So, but there's an army of, of talent and companies out there that are actively solving for that problem. And I'm excited to see where we are. But those that are hesitant because they don't think they have or could 
could create the skill set to be impactful, don't worry. There are tools out there for, for all of us. Yeah, and it feels like AI is now grown up and the grown up tools are now available. So talking of the grown up tools, John, uh, we're very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they could find you and your business if they want to try it out or ask any questions? Yeah, sure. I'm on LinkedIn, John Ricketts, John, J-O-N, no H. I am the uh, co-founder and CEO of, of, of Writerly AI. And I don't mind distributing my email on a platform. If anybody has any specific questions, I'm always happy to, to respond and answer. And my email address is john, J-O-N, at writerly.ai. And love to hear people that just have, have questions and no questions are, are ridiculous or silly. Um, we're here to help uh, and we're here to learn ourselves. Now, beyond that, obviously, uh, our website, which is writerly.ai, but, but perhaps most importantly is, is e-com which is our, our hyper-vertical, best-performing natural language processing product. And Ecom is just E-K-O-M dot A-I. And we do some, and, and obviously I'm biased, but we do some really special things with companies and brands, data sets combined with uh, natural language processing capabilities to perform some really interesting real-time optimizations of content, particularly within the uh, product detail page. And we see some phenomenal results. So there was my shameless plug. A shameless plug away. Uh, you know, it's a product that can help so many of our listeners. So we, we very much respect the shameless plug. Um, John, thank you so much for coming on the episode. It has been an eye-opening dive into what's possible right now. And I think, you know, if if we haven't already, it is definitely time to start using AI properly to generate the content in our business. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Chloe. It really is phenomenal how the generative AI, i.e. the AI that's generating content for you, has come on in recent months. And if you want to know the secret about doing AI content successfully right now, it's about not just logging into ChatGPT. It's about using a tool or building a tool yourselves, which automates or processes a lot of those uh, prompt activity, that training of the AI for you. So as you get consistently good quality coming out of it, like, like John was saying, there is a skill set here to be learned. And the good news is that there's an awful lot of tech out there that makes that skill set an awful lot easier to achieve. Lots to think about there. And I really do think this is something it would be worth you working on and getting in place as we approach Q4, because there is there's a cumulative impact of starting to use this, but there is also an immediate impact of starting to use this in terms of team efficiency, in terms of the impact that you get back from it as well. So I hope we got you thinking there in how you could be using AI to drive your sales this peak. You can get links to those things we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. And you can use our special direct to episode short link to go straight to this episode. So that's keepopt.com forward slash whatever the number of this episode is, and that will take you straight to the correct page. When you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. This is kind of the end of our set of episodes about peak. So please do listen to them all. If you scroll up your podcast feed, you'll find our three peak episodes and you'll find our 
five digital advertising opportunities episodes, which kind of all together come up with a things you might consider doing this peak season. And next week, it's our Black Friday tips episode. That's usually our, it's the one you guys love more than any other episode we put out each year. Uh, We've got some amazing guests sharing their tips in that. So do make sure that's in your diary to have a listen to next Wednesday. And if you want more on content marketing in general, then just go to keepopt.com forward slash content on the website where you will find all our content marketing content. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z. Find the latest e-commerce tech at keepopt.com forward slash tech.